There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. Let us pray. Father, I praise you. So many victories at this church. Um, I just love sitting back and watch, watching you work. It has been amazing to watch over the last two years. Um, I want to thank you for those memories and thank you for the ones that are to come. Thank you for our leaders in that time. And uh, Father, I just continue to claim blessings upon leaders and this congregation as we move forward. Um, Father, I thank you for, thank you for friendship. Um, thank you for brotherhood, discipleship. Those things, I don't take that lightly. And uh, I, I praise you for putting people around me that, that I can enjoy that with. Father, in this moment, you've given me a word. You've given me a message today. Father, I need you to anoint me in this moment from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. Father, I have had a lot of distraction this week. I ask that you take that away. Any doubt, lack of courage, stress. Father, none of that is of you. I ask that you take it away, you throw it into the sea, and you replace it with your love, your discernment, your knowledge, your wisdom. Father, your mercy. I ask these things in your name. Help us to love, laugh, and forgive. Amen. All right. Last week, we discussed the gifts of the body, which is in Romans chapter 12. Today, we will discuss the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which is in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, but before we do this, I want to make sure that we all understand what the Holy Spirit is. What are these gifts? What is the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Where does the Holy Spirit even come from? So we're going to do a little bit of a, uh, a background, a little bit of history on the Holy Spirit. First, I want you all to see the definition of the Holy Spirit. The third person of the Trinity, God spiritually active in the world. That is the Holy Spirit. You know, I don't know about y'all. I mean, that's a beautiful description, right? And I mean, that is the, the actual definition of the Holy Spirit biblically. But to me, it, it's so much more than that. I mean, the Holy Spirit to me is, is a friend. He's a mentor. He's a teacher. He guides me. He directs me. It's so much more than just this description. I made a quick list of friend, leader, teacher, encourager, encourager. Ah, yeah, he's my encourager and my protector. How many of y'all feel that way? Holy Spirit, your protector, right? Keeps you out of trouble. I mean, those times that you're walking into a situation, you just get this feeling that it's not right. Yeah, that's the Holy Spirit. Follow it. I want to go study the history of the Holy Spirit. Does, and I know people do know this. Jay Harrison actually did a Bible study on this not too long ago. But does anyone in this room know how long the Holy Spirit has been around? He's been around since the beginning. Thank you, Bojo. The associate pastor knew it. He knew the answer to this. We're going to go to Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 2. 
the very beginning of the Bible, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. So the Holy Spirit's been around since the beginning of time. Amen? Awesome. I want to go to Joel chapter 2, verse 28. This is another discussion about the Holy Spirit in, in the Old Testament. This is Joel. Okay, Joel is uh, he's prophesying to the people of Judah about the day of Pentecost. That's what he's talking about here. He says, Then after doing all those things, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. My spirit. You know the spirit. My spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. And your young men will see visions. This verse actually means a lot to me, and God showed me this verse whenever he asked us to plant this church because God gave me a vision of the church. And then he turned around and he gave Don a dream about the church. You know, old men dream dreams. Young men see visions. Amen. But here's the thing, honestly, this verse, God showed me this when he called us to plant this church, and this was a major confirmation to me, major, major confirmation that it was right. Because what was cool was the vision that he gave me and the dream that he gave Don was identical and parallel to each other. Beautiful thing. Again, he's trying to show them here, Joel is, is prophesying to them about the day of Pentecost that is to come. Pentecost, actually, a lot of people... They take that word because we. How many of y'all came from Pentecostal church? Show show of hands. Show of hands. I mean, y'all are wild. Okay. <laughs> but you know, a lot of people. Y'all know what I'm talking about. They're scared of that word. They're scared of the Pentecostal church because of that name. I don't know why they're scared of that. Does anybody in here know what Pentecostal actually means? Like what it means? Fifty. The day of Pentecost came fifty days after Jesus ascended to heaven. It means fifty. That's what it means. It's nothing to be scared of. Nothing to be scared of. In John chapter 14, Jesus speaks of the Holy Spirit and the day of Pentecost as well. I'm going to go to that. We've got John 14, 12 through 17. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it, so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. If you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. Verse 6, 17. He is the Holy, he is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him. Because it, is not, because it is not looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and forever. Okay. Now, guys, I want to talk a little bit about Pentecost and, and the Holy Spirit and the spiritual gifts. A lot of people get a little freaked out by this. Um, a lot of people, and, and the reason why, they don't understand. They just don't understand. I mean, I'll just be honest with you. That's the situation. They don't understand the spiritual gifts. They don't understand the Holy Spirit. They don't under, even understand the day of Pentecost. And that's okay, because guess what? About 10 years ago, I didn't know what Pentecost was either. There's nothing wrong with that. And again, you know, that's, I was 28, 29, 
probably when I figured out even what that meant. I wasn't paying attention that day in Sunday school. It's very seldom I paid attention in Sunday school. Hey, y'all are the dummies. Y'all sitting here listening to me. <laughs> I want to go to Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. And this is, again, this is the day of Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Okay, to give you a little background, again, the day of Pentecost, Jesus dies, raises from the dead, ascends to heaven. Fifty days later, his followers, the disciples and some others, are together in one place. Okay. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like a roaring of a mighty windstorm, tornado, whatever y'all want to call that. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, there have been a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of church leaders, a lot of churches that say that the spiritual gifts died with the disciples. A lot of them. To this day, it's still being taught in churches. I have biblical proof that that's not accurate. Somebody that didn't pay attention in Sunday school, I have biblical proof. I studied it enough that now I know that those people were inaccurate. We're going to go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 to the very first verse. And now, brothers and sisters, who's brothers and sisters for those of y'all that are here during James? The church, right? And now, church, I want to write about the, the special abilities of the Holy Spirit. Gives each, excuse me, gives to each of you, for I, do, I don't want any misunderstanding. Okay, what I need y'all to get, misunderstanding. I don't want any misunderstanding about the spiritual gifts. Why in the world would Paul teach us the spiritual gifts if they're not there anymore. If it was just the disciples, then why is he teaching the church at Corinth about the spiritual gifts? The, 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 those disciples weren't there. This is a different church. He's talking to them. He's talking to us too. Those spiritual gifts are real, guys. And here's the thing. I'm fixing to go way off topic here. I'm going to see how bad I'm fixing to go off topic. Yeah, okay. X that. The problem is churches are scared to teach it. The reason why they're scared to teach it is because there are some individuals that have gone about and have said they have certain gifts, and they really don't, there are people that have gone about laying hands on people, trying to heal people, doing it falsely, by the way, which is called a false prophet. So now churches are scared to teach it because they're scared that somebody from their own church is going to go do that. Well, the words that I have for those churches is our God is not a God of fear. I will never be fearful to teach anything from this stage that comes out of that book. And the other thing that they need to understand is that all, is that all perfect 
gifts come from God. So the Holy Spirit is perfect. So any gift that comes from the Holy Spirit that we can use is perfection. Why wouldn't we use it? Why wouldn't we teach it from the pulpit? I struggle with that. Let's look at, uh, let's go read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. These are the spiritual gifts. A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. Okay, I got to stop right there. <laughs> is given to each person. Y'all see that? Not just your pastor. Not just Mikey. Not just Bojo. Each person is given a spiritual gift. If you are anointed in the Holy Spirit, if you are a child of God, he allows you to have at least one of these gifts. To one is given a message of wisdom through the Spirit, to another a message of knowledge by the same Spirit. 9 and 10, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the performing of miracles, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another difference, uh, different kinds of tongues, different languages, to another interpreting tongues, different tongues, different languages. Nick, pull up that list of those for me, please. This list, wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, performing miracles, prophecies, distinguishing spirits, speaking languages, and interpreting languages. We all can use one of these. All of us. Most of y'all know Don. Don has allowed the Holy Spirit to work through him many times to perform healings and miracles. You can do the same. One of the things that me and Don talk about a lot, <laughs> somebody will call and want us to come pray healing and miracles over somebody, either it be them or their family or so forth. If it's an early Christian, I, I understand. You want to make sure you're doing it the right way. You want to understand the process of it biblically and so forth. But Don cracks me up, and he told me this one time when I called him for it. He said, boy, you know what to do. You do it. <laughs> Guys, it's not hard. The problem is, is we've had somebody that we've seen do it, and it made us feel uncomfortable because they didn't do it right. These are beautiful gifts. Even languages, speaking in tongues. I need y'all to understand something, and we're going to talk about this. There's no way I can get through all these, obviously, today, right? No way. So over the next few weeks, I'm going to teach on all of these. But I do want to just point out that speaking in different tongues, the gifts of tongues, is a beautiful thing if done properly. The problem is we have churches that don't do it properly. It cannot be out of order. Our God is a God of order. Everything has to be in order, especially spiritual gifts. We're going to teach these, and I'll never quit teaching these at this church, but again, we're going to teach them the right way. So don't be scared of these gifts. Amen?
I want y'all to kind of compare these to the gifts of the body that we looked at last week. See, I call these the big boy gifts, okay? Okay, so, so let's look at those two sitting side by side, Nick. Gifts of the Holy Spirit, we just looked at those, and you look at gifts of the body. It's prophecy, serving, teaching, exhortation, which is encouragement, giving, leading, and mercy. When you look at this side over here, that, that's pretty stout compared to this side. So what I need y'all to understand, there's so many people that when I've taught this before, they think, well, I'm part of the congregation, so I'm just over here on Romans chapter 12. No, no. The same Holy Spirit that works through me works through y'all sitting out there. Y'all have all these gifts. And see, that's a big problem. So many pastors and, and, and different church leaders and prophets, uh, evangelists, they try to stand up on a pedestal and do all these things, and they, it, it makes you feel small. And a lot of times that's what they're trying to do. They want to seem larger than life. Well, guess what? We're all larger than life because the Holy Spirit ain't real here. It's not an earthly thing, right? It's a godly thing. It's a heavenly thing. So we're all larger than life if we allow the Holy Spirit to work through us. So don't ever forget, whenever you have a situation that comes up and you need to pray and you need to claim healing or a miracle over something, the same Holy Spirit that allows me to do it from this stage will allow you to do it in your bedroom. If you'll remember when we looked back at John just a little while ago, we're, we're not going to pull it back up, but in the book of John, it says that we will do even greater things. Many of y'all have heard me preach this before and talk about this, but guys, when it comes to spiritual gifts, pull up just the spiritual gifts for me again, Nick. When it comes to these things, a lot of times y'all look at it and you think, well, I can't perform a miracle. Yeah, I can't do that. But Jesus himself said, we will do even greater things. He didn't say the same he said greater. So when you're praying for something, when you're praying healing or you're asking for a miracle, you're, you're asking for these things in his name, I promise you it's probably a lot easier than raising Lazarus from the dead. Greater things. Greater things even than that. Y'all follow me? Don't shy away from it. You need to understand these gifts are a benefit to you in your life and to, the, and to others around you. That's what's most important. He doesn't just give you those gifts just for you. He's giving you those gifts to bless others and to build his kingdom through that process. There's a reverse problem, though. There's, again, we've got a lot of churches... When it comes to spiritual gifts, they're teaching them and they're not teaching it correctly. This is something that just really, it, it, it's been affecting me for a while. They're again allowing fear to take over in these situations. Guys, I, I want to ask you all a question. And I want you all to be honest. Don't give me an answer, Mikey. But just... Just be honest with your answer to yourself. How many gifts have you left unwrapped? 
I want you to think about that. In your life, situations that have come up where you're like, man, you know what? I could sure use a miracle right here. He gave you that gift. How many times did you leave that gift unwrapped and you didn't open it? I can think of a lot of times in my life I did that. A lot of times. My question to y'all, was it because of fear or was it because somebody weirded you out over it? Because so many times that's the case. Again, you've seen somebody else do it. You didn't like the way they did it. It didn't seem natural. It didn't seem, number one, it's not natural. Again, this is heavenly stuff we're talking about here. This is spiritual stuff. Don't let somebody, don't let the way somebody performed what they were calling a spiritual gift interfere with your relationship with the Holy Spirit. These are beautiful gifts. They need to be opened, but again, they need to be opened properly. The first thing you need to know and understand about the gifts of the Holy Spirit is they are just that. They are His gifts. You don't have the gift. The Holy Spirit allows you to use the gift. I want to go back uh, where we left off in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 at verse 11. Let's go to 11. This proves that point. One and the same Spirit is active in all these, distributing to each person as he wills. As he wills. It's his decision which gift you have, how you can use it. That's his decision. Again, there's so many people that walk around claiming that they have all these gifts, but they don't have any of them. It's the Holy Spirit that has them. Okay, I'm going to give you an example. Okay, so, so Annabelle, okay, my oldest kiddo. So Annabelle, you know, she, she comes to me, and, and, you know, she's like, Dad, where's my phone? I need my phone, Dad. That's not her phone. She didn't pay for that phone. She don't pay the monthly fee on that phone. Or do, do, where's she at? She's not in here. Does she, do you pay that monthly fee on that phone? No. Okay, thank you. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Good kid. It's a good kid. Love my kid. But she has a father who allows access to the phone. Y'all follow me? That's the Holy Spirit. We, we, we don't have those gifts. He does, but he allows us access to those gifts. I don't know why y'all are still laughing at me. <laughs> How many people have you seen walking around claiming a gift and they can't do it on command? I love that. I love, I love that. I got this gift. I got this gift. We'll do it right now. Do it right now. They can't. They can't because, again, it's not them, and you have to understand that. This is why churches are scared again to teach it. That's the situation that we've gone through. One thing that I always look at when there's people that are going around and they're claiming all these gifts and so forth, two of my favorite men in the Bible in the Old Testament is Elijah and Elijah. Okay, 
A lot of y'all have heard the story of these two men. Most of you know their names because they were amazing warriors in the Old Testament. So when you've got somebody that's walking around laying hands on somebody eight or nine times a day, this is what I want you to remember. I want you to remember this. Those two men, in two lifetimes, both their lifetimes, only performed 22 miracles. But you've got people laying hands on people 22 times a day. I struggle with that. I'm not saying God won't do that, by the way. We'll never put God in a box, right? I just find it really hard to believe. 22 miracles from two of the strongest men in the Old Testament. So always remember that when you have somebody that's walking around that might be leading you in the wrong direction. That's why the Old Testament's there, by the way, guys. We're under a new covenant. I get that. We all get that in this room, I hope. But the Old Covenant, that Old Testament, is to teach us. It gives us examples, strong examples of amazing people. Don't forget that book is there. These spiritual gifts should only be used for the purpose of one reason and one reason only, and that is to show off God's love. If you're going to try and use a spiritual reason for or a spiritual gift for any other reason, it's wrong. It has to be for God's love. And that's how you can always tell if it is the Holy Spirit that's using that gift. Is this building the kingdom? If I do this, Father, if you allow me to do this, am I helping? Am I doing something right? If you can't answer yes to that question, you've got to walk away from it. Only use these gifts if it will build the kingdom with God's love. This morning, I had a pretty busy morning. I had some meetings and so forth. I was sitting back here in the study. <clears throat> I was going to discuss knowledge and wisdom today of the spiritual gifts. But I feel God's got me going in a different direction this morning. That might be why I've been stumbling a little bit through this sermon. We'll get to those in the next few weeks, um, but I, I have to be obedient right now. I, I want to pray real quick, guys. Father, I praise you, and, and um, Father, you asked me to do something, and I'm going to do it. I need your strength to do it. I need your courage to do it. Father, I've told you many times, if you ask me to do something, I'll be obedient till it hurts, and I'll push past it. I'll always do that, and I do that for you. I feel that's the least I can do for what you've done for me. But Father, I ask that I do not waver from what it is that you're wanting me to say, and... Um, Father, I claim that your peace follows. Thank you. I love you, Father. Amen. Okay. I realize 
Uh, what do you want? Okay. I have been silent for way too long on a, on a situation. And I can't stay silent anymore. In fact, I've, I've really wanted to talk about it at times, but God has not given me the approval until today. I realize this is a small church in Texarkana. I get that. Okay. I don't even know if this message will get to the person that I'm supposed to say this to. But I'm going to believe that it will, or he wouldn't ask me to do it. I have a message for Russia's President Putin. I don't care how many tanks you have, how many soldiers you have, or how many nukes you have. You will not defeat the army of God. Guys, this is not, and I need you to understand, this is not an attack on that man. Our job when we see things like this is not to go at someone with anger. Our job is to pray for a heart change. And I said this to a guy this week, and he told me that was impossible. He said, it's impossible. So I said, okay. I said, Daniel chapter 3, King Nebuchadnezzar threw three men in a fire. Threw them in the fire because they wouldn't bow to him and his idol. When he throws them in the fire, we all know the story. He looks up and there's four. Right after that, when they came out without a burn on them, what did King Nebuchadnezzar say? Truly, your God is the true God. President Putin needs to see Jesus just like King Nebuchadnezzar did. That's our prayer. That's what we have to pray for. There are people, innocent people, being murdered, having their homes taken away, Christians being persecuted because of their beliefs in Ukraine right now. That's going on right now. As we sit here, that's going on right now. I read an article just a few days ago where a pastor could have left and got his wife and children and fleed. And he stayed behind for people in that congregation. And from this article, they've all been murdered. We live, even though I know that there's some things that we may not agree with, but we live in a country that once fought for those rights for us. And I have no doubt there's still some very good leaders in this country that still fight for that. The problem is we have some going the other direction. So now I have another message this is to our commander-in-chief, President Biden. It's time. 
it's time to help them. And I'm not talking about sending food. I'm not talking about going over there and trying to get them out. No, it, it's time to take action. And I know some of y'all are like, well, Michael, wait a minute. You know, we're not supposed to do that. You know, we're supposed to love. Yes, we are. You do all things out of love. And for the love of my brothers and Christians, my brothers and sister Christians overseas, we've got to do something. Again, I realize, guys, this is a small church, but I'm just being obedient to what he asked me to do. I've got one more message, and this is to the people in Ukraine. Don't give up. Keep fighting. We can't physically be there, but I promise you we're attacking with prayer. I promise we are. And I know they see it. Bojo read a note the other day that, you know, from, from another, it was from a general or a pastor, forgive me, I don't remember from last week, where he was talking about how tanks are running out of gas and the, the soldiers are getting lost and missiles are blowing up in the skies. Guys, that doesn't happen by accident. It happens because of prayer. We can't forget about our brothers and sisters that are in Ukraine right now. Don't stop praying. We have to attack with prayer. When Satan walks up and tries to punch you in the mouth, that's how you attack. You attack with prayer. I want you all to think about, again, the story of this pastor staying with that congregation, and now they're all dead. Every one of them. I want you all to think. Think about it. If we continue to allow evil to take over countries, it'll be here before you know it. Today, I, I, again, I never expected to go down this route. I think y'all, you know, I, I don't, I said last week, I hate politics. I absolutely hate it. And you're saying, well, Michael, why are you talking about it? Well, here's when I jump into that situation because it's no longer political, it's biblical. It's become, it's become biblical. This is all real stuff. These things are predicted, prophesied, not predicted, prophesied. And you're thinking, well, Micah, you know, it's crazy you bring this up. Like, what are we supposed to do? Again, all we have to do is two things, guys. We lead by example, and we pray. You don't have to go over there with guns a-blazing. If you want to, go. But you don't have to. We can sit right here in Texarkana, keep them on our hearts, pray for them, and let God step in. I promise you, you'll get more done doing that than trying to go over there with guns ablazing in anger. But your prayer needs to be protection for the people and that Putin's heart gets changed. King Nebuchadnezzar moment. That's what we're praying for. Amen, church? Amen. Awesome.